What's going on? It's Mixed Nice to be here live from the MMB Radio Studios for the MMB Radio Podcast, where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all. And on the phone lines right now, I have a talent who is up and coming in the adult business, one of the newest starlets to grace the internet, grace your your monitor screens, whatever device that you are watching your adult entertainment on. You're going to love her. She has a new scene coming out called The Lover's Dessert for Dinner. I want to welcome in right now Isabel Reese. Isabel, what's going on? How are you? Hi, how's it going? I'm doing great. Doing awesome. And uh, as I mentioned, one of the up-and-coming new talents in the business. Um, You have not been in the business that long, correct? Uh, No, not very long at all. Uh, I mean, I've uh, done sex work. I've been a sex worker for... uh, quite a number of years, but this is the first time that I'm doing um, branching out into the porn industry. And how long ago has it been since you got into it? Because I know a lot of people right now are, you know, have started their careers and then COVID started and it kind of put some people on, you know, a backtrack. How long have you been in the business? Uh, To be honest, not that long. It's only been a couple months. Um, my first scene that I ever shot was, uh, just for, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. So that would have been in the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. So yeah. fresh, freshly new to the business. And I mean, you, so technically you got started after the pandemic had already been full blown. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had my interests. Uh, I've been interested in doing this for quite some time. Um, and I did approach uh, my ever wonderful mentor, Samantha Mack, uh, about a year ago. Um, but even with the pandemic happening and, you know, um, the Internet just it, it took it by storm. A lot of uh, both people into the industry and out of the industry kind of took to the Internet to promote themselves and kind of get into the sex industry. Uh, I had a hard time with it. I, um, you know, marketing myself, being on the internet is very, very different than doing things in person. Um, so I was very slow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it wasn't really until my first opportunity, uh, fell through, fell, uh, went through, sorry, not fell through, went through, um, in the beginning of October and I've just thrown myself into it and I'm loving every minute of it. Now we've had guests on who started prior to the pandemic and then pandemic hit and then shooting was stopped in places mm-hmm. like you know, California and, you know, Florida and other hotspots that shoot here in the States. Um, when the pandemic hit, um, did you think that like, okay, like my, my shot at doing this was, you know, not over, but was going to be derailed for a while? Or what was your mindset when you heard the news of, you know, COVID coming on? My priorities when the pandemic happened, uh, was not on my career, actually. Uh, I've been so focused on my career for the last seven years. Um, working as a dancer and then slowly, uh, slowly turning my interest into the, uh, pornography. Um, that when the pandemic hit and I wasn't able to work at all and I hadn't really set my foot, um, in the door yet, uh, I, the pandemic allowed me to, um, slow down, I guess, in a way that I haven't been able to ever since I started working. Uh, so my priority became, um, my mental health. It became stability, uh, staying in one place and being comfortable with just where I was at. And when I finally figured out who I was, who Isabel Reese was without having to travel constantly. Um, and then I was like, what are my options? And with the pandemic, obviously clubs were closing, uh, uh, bars were having a lot of restrictions. Um, I also knew that my love for it, uh, was, tr- was churning. I just, the traveling was costing a lot. Um, so when I was able to finally slow down and focus on what it is that I wanted to do, um, you know, my mentor was there, the opportunities were there and I just, you know, when they came, I took them. Um, 
So I'm kind of a little bit of a go-getter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to be honest, when the pandemic happened, um, my priority was not my career. My priority was myself and just trying to figure out who Isabel was again. And then we've had past guests on the show and I say to him all the time, I was like, we don't want to always keep talking about COVID because I mean, it is kind of the Debbie Downer, but <laughs> at the same time, it's, it's a real thing. You know, it's obviously it's here and I find it interesting to hear how people are, you know, taking it, if they're taking it with stride, you know, how people are adapting to it. And it's funny when you say, you know, it made you slow down because I think I, I think all of us have slowed down to a point <laughs> in, in all of our different fields. You know, me as a podcaster and TJ, you doing the adult business. And um, I sometimes wonder if that was the whole, you know, big plan of this thing was to get us to all kind of slow down. We're always such a, you know, go, go, go society. Um, and it's 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 good that you're kind of started after the pandemic started, because this way you were able to kind of, you know, get into it when other people were, you know, starting and then having to stop. You know, mm -hmm. so there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people out there who have been doing this for a long time. And now they're like, I'm not too sure what to do. So you have like an advantage of like starting it when, you know what I mean? Like it, you're starting in a point where you haven't been in it long enough to be comfortable in a routine, so to say. No, 100%. And I mean, I, I've only been a, an adult actress for a very, very short uh, period of time. But if it's anything like how it was when I was dancing, um, you know, like I was describing to you earlier, uh, you know, I was 13 for seven years going on plus. You know, not not knowing what I wanted and just getting stuck in this routine and and being comfortable with that routine um, that when when COVID happens, it's kind of thrown that routine a little bit out the door because I can't do what I'm used to doing and, and what I'm comfortable doing. So I can 100 percent understand what you're trying to get at um, in terms of like those that have um, been in the industry for a lot longer than I have before the pandemic. Their routine, you know, is not the same. You know, they can't uh, perform. Uh, they don't have uh, the gigs. Studios are shut down. What, whatever, it, whatever it might be. Can't travel between the borders. Um, you know, whatever it might be. You know, their routine is drastically changed. Whereas I have the advantage that I'm coming into this new. I'm, I'm building it during these restrictions. So if anything, the opportunities are just going to uh, open when the restrictions. Uh, lay low, I think. <laughs> Hopefully, did they lay low soon? Um, so what is, what has it been like in Canada? I know we've had Samantha Mack on, we've had Francesca Milano on, and we've talked about, you know, what the adult scene is like in Canada. And I learned a whole bunch of new things, you know, I learned a whole like Vancouver week where it's like, you know, just one big sex week. Um, but what was like, what was your first introduction to, um, the adult business? Uh, like, uh, into the porn? Well, I mean, like growing up, like, like obviously, like what sparks your interest? Like I'm intrigued by, cause I, I'm stereotypical, ignorant, ignorant American. And I'm like, I just find the Canadian people just to be very sweet people, you know, to find out that they have like this naughty side. You know, I'm always curious of like where that just comes about. <laughs> there's, there's always two sides to everybody. You know, I, I always believe everybody has multiple sides to you, even if you don't know it yourself. So don't be so hard on yourself. You know, as an ignorant American, there's probably a different side to you as well. But, um, speaking of different sides, um, you're not going to believe it, but growing up, I was the complete opposite of this. Um, of who I am today. So I've definitely spent the last seven years, uh, blossoming into, um, the woman that I am today. And when I reflect on who I used to be, I think, wow, like she's still the same person. Um, but definitely not who I thought I would be, you know, standing here now. Um, what sparked my interest was honestly, 
Um, I think it was a need. Ooh, this is a tough question. And I'm so used to answering it, but I started with a really good friend of mine. I met her in college. Um, and she's the first girl I ever had in my life who was just wild and free and just everything I want in terms of spirit, but everything I was so scared to be. Um, I definitely grew up uh, wanting to conform to what society told you you had to be. Um, I believed in the white picket fence, the family, you uh, get married young, you have kids, you have that career that's stable after how many years of schooling. Um, I didn't know anything different. I thought that's what would make you perfect. And um, my best friend was the complete opposite. She She didn't follow the status quo. And uh, when she approached me and said that she was interested in getting to the into the uh, the sex industry, I said, well, don't do it alone. <laughs> you know, I always believed in the buddy system. Don't do it alone. I'll do it with you. And I just took a leap. Um, I think with where I was in my life, um, it came at the perfect moment. And we just did it together. And my first week, I fell in love with it. and. I haven't stopped since and I'm glad I haven't because it's just transformed me. And, uh, so that, that honestly was because I was following a very, very wild spirit. Uh, I admired her. That's how I started. And then from then I continued meeting these wild spirits, uh, spirits that would teach me that there's a different way of living, you know, um, not just mentally, but to embody your sexuality, to embody your womanhood and just own it. Um, and so looking up to those women in my life really inspired me to continue finding out who that woman was in me. A um, couple years after I started dancing, I had one of my stripper sisters. Yes, that's what we call them. Uh, she introduced me into the fetish life. Um, and from there, uh, you know, I started going to the kink events and started understanding a little bit of, about my own kinks and that I'm not just vanilla, um, <laughs> you know, and um, I am an exhibitionist. I am a voyeur. And then I guess with that, it just sparked my interest of what else do I like, you know. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about this the other day. I was trying to I was trying to figure out why porn is it just something that came out of nowhere and I decided to take another leap of faith like I did so many years ago or is it something that's been on my mind and I remember that it's definitely at least been on my mind since uh 2015 at least um and I don't know why but I remember thinking about it and having fantasies about it and just wondering, is that something I could do? Um, at that time, I, I definitely don't think I would have been. I still believed in uh, one partner, you know, <laughs> you only share yourself with the person that you love. Um, I was very stuck in this idea that you only share your body with the person that you love even though my mind was expanded exponentially beyond that. Um, yeah. And then I guess just a couple of life events that happened in the last couple of years and um, just knowing that's kind of the direction I was heading in and wanting to explore more of it and knowing it's that curiosity has never steered me wrong in the past. So I just went for it. I approached uh, Samantha Mack a year ago um, she was working uh, at the same venue that I was uh, while I was dancing. And I just asked her, I was like, hey, I'm curious. What do I do? And she just took me underneath her wing and here I am. And it, I'm so glad I made another leap of faith. Well, it's interesting the way you explain it, because when we had Samantha on, you know, I asked her about the same question. And asked, you know, like, what made you want to get into it? Like, how did it? 
you know, evolved into wanting to do something like porn. And I ask guests all the time because I find it interesting how people come to that mindset of wanting to get into the adult business, whatever form it may be. You know, some people, like you said, you've been thinking about it since 2015, but had prior, you know, sex work experience being a dancer prior to that. And it's, it's, it's kind of relieving for me to hear someone say that, you know, they've thought about it for at least the last five years. Because you put thought into it because there's so many horror stories of girls who think about it for, you know, 30 minutes and jump into something and then later on realize, you know, this wasn't for me. And not that there's anything wrong with that, because I think that's how we all grow and become people. Is we, you know, we try things and if we like it, awesome. If we don't like it, then we don't have to do it anymore. But when you're talking about porn and it's on the Internet, it's not. (laughs) Something that goes away. It's not like, you know, you being with a girl for the first time, you're doing your first, you know, girl, girl experience, you know, behind closed doors. And if you don't like it, guess what? You never speak about it again. But if there's a, (laughs) if there's a videotape rolling and it's on the internet, guess what? You have to like relive it over and over again. So it's, it's refreshing to hear somebody who has put so much thought into it. Um, but knowing that and you're saying that you know, you had this mindset that, you know, you were supposed to have a white picket fence and, you know, single partner and a family and the whole stereotypical thing. And society, I think, again, as we're growing up, you know, we somehow are taught that's the way it's supposed to be. When you've met these free spirits, was there anybody from the past, you know, family who, you know, didn't buy into that free spirit attitude that tried to stop you? Um. I've actually been really lucky um, in comparison to a lot of people that I know are in the industry. Um, I've heard, again, I've heard horror stories myself. I've heard in passing girls, you know, speak how they're not in close contact with family or they've lost friends or they have a tough time in relationships. And I just remember when they've described it, I... I couldn't really resonate with it. I've I've been extremely lucky um, with the people that I've had in my life. Um, I know when I first told my parents, uh, of course, there was some resistance and they're a little girl. <laughs> um, but they also know that I'm a very intellectual uh, woman and that I have a good head on my shoulders and that I don't do anything just for the sake of doing something. Um I do it because I've thought about it and it's important to me and that there's more to it than just what you see at face value. So over the years, I have had a wonderful time explaining and educating people. Um, and since then, you know, that's why I'm very honest. I'm in a very own, uh, open book. I like to talk about my experiences. I like to talk about what I've learned and how I've grown and who I've met and what worked for me and what didn't. Um, because it, I think it shows people that we're real (laughs) and, um, you know, we might, we might be these sex workers. We might, uh, there might be this whole taboo of what we do because people don't like to talk about it. But if you talk about it, it normalizes it. Um, so if I ever have had resistance, um, it hasn't lasted for very long because they just talk to me and then they realize I'm still me. I'm still Isabel, <laughs> you know? So I've been very fortunate. Nobody's really, uh, stopped me or tried to tell me that I should do something different with my life. And we spoke. About this a little bit off air about the stigmas of being in the adult business and we kind of compared it to you know mental health where people have these stigmas about it and they don't want to talk about it it's shamed and it's you know looked down upon and what i'm hearing when you're saying this is like okay so are you doing porn and you know it's not like you weren't going to have sex in your regular life anyway and I think sometimes people get that misunderstood and they're like, oh, it's so dirty and, you know, sex workers <laughs> are dirty people. And I'm like, if you really stop and you think about it, like, 
adult <laughs> sex workers are probably more clean than the regular <laughs> people you meet at a club or at a bar. You know, oh. at least I know that, you know, Isabel is getting tested and is, you know, <laughs> on the up and up as opposed to, you know, some random girl in a club who is doing everything else that you're doing except not on camera and getting paid for it and not being tested for it. So I, I love that you brought that up. It's um, it's kind of a joke between us performers in the industry uh, when people look at us and they say, oh, you're 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 having sex for work. Like, that's what you do for work. Like, that's just what you do. Like, isn't that really dirty? Like, how can you be comfortable sharing your body like that? You know, like I we do hear those things when people are like, uh, like t- tongue twisted. They're just like, well, like how they don't understand it. And yeah, for their first instinct is to um, I don't think their intention is to necessarily shame you. I like to believe the best in everybody and and think that people aren't trying to do that to hurt you. Um, but I think it's just the bewilderment of people not understanding something. Um, and then they listen to what everybody else says, you know, like, oh, you're dirty. That's sex. Like you're sharing. The thing is, is like there's so there's so many things in this industry that uh, people don't talk about. You know, people don't talk about how it's OK to have multiple partners. People don't talk about getting tested. They don't. And one thing that this industry has. Uh, really opened my eyes, especially in the last uh, couple of months. You know, I've always prided myself in being a very, very clean person um, during the years. I've always had those uncomfortable talks with partners, um, even if I thought it would like I would lose a chance with somebody or something, you know, but I was like, I have to do it for myself. But you know, coming into the porn industry and just realizing just how many people do not want to talk about their personal uh, health and getting tested and stuff. It it amazes me that even people I know um, like that are not in the industry, when I talk to them about that and they ask me, um, I go, well, when was the last time you got tested? You know, Uh, (laughs) and uh, people are not as, like you said, like mean hooking up at a bar or um, having one night stands and stuff like are those questions you really bring up with that person? Not mo- not likely. You know, are you asking, hey, before we do this, can I have a clean bill of health? Can you show me a piece of paper that tells me that you're you're clean? Oh, you didn't do that. OK, then I guess we can't like how many people actually take those extra measures? And I like to believe that everybody does, but the honest truth is, you know, we take a lot of things in for granted, you know, and, and we trust everybody trusts everybody, um, to a fault, you know, we want to believe that we want to believe in this illusion that we all do it, that we're all clean, that this person, oh, I'm so in love with them. They couldn't possibly uh, be doing this to me. But the thing is, is that ignorance is not always bliss. You know, you have to have the hard conversations sometimes. And that's what I love about this industry is like, we don't hide anything from anybody. We're very open. We're very honest about um, all the private parts, <laughs> everything. And the truth can scare some people. Some people just, you know, for whatever reason, when they hear realness and they hear the truth, it just it scares them to, you know, limits that they don't even know what to do with themselves. And that's why I made the comparison to, you know, mental health, because, you know, it's one of those things that people are not educated enough because it's not talked about enough. And then, you know, somebody who may be dealing with depression or anxiety or just say someone is bipolar. Right away, first thing they say is that person's crazy, you know, or they can't be trusted or they're violent or, you know, there's something, you know, like they just can't be around that person. And it's just like, no, that's not the case. And it's the same thing with like the adult industry. You know, they're like, oh, she sleeps with all these people. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't mean she has an STD. 
That doesn't mean that she's, you know, reckless with her life or that she's, you know, you know, on drugs or, you know, all these wild things that people just hear. And it really goes to show you how easily people are manipulated into believing things just by saying it. You know, I mean, we live, we live, or at least I live, I can't say you live, but I live in a country where, you know, our leader right now can just say some wild, crazy shit and people believe him. Um, so I, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, there's people out there like you who are, you know, willing to be open-minded and are like, ask me anything, you know, whatever you want to know, you know, I'll be completely transparent with you because that's the only way people will understand what it is that you do and have a different, you know, idea of who you are. And that's not saying you're going to convince everybody, but, you know. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. I mean, you got to start small, right? You got to understand that, um, you know, if you're going to make a difference in the world, uh, make a difference in your own world. And that's kind of how I live my life, both in educating people about the industry as well as mental health and the authenticity of who Isabel is. But um, at the end of the day, people are going to believe what they want to believe. Right. And I I do believe the best in people. I don't think they want to intentionally manipulate. I think ignorance is um, a big default of society and unfortunately there's just influences out there that are so much bigger than us so I think it's to just be transparent with who you are and I think even when it comes to like yes I'm I'm a sex worker and I've adopted you know the idea that you know being as transparent as you can be is what will make the world go round but I think if everybody adopted that um, no matter who they are or what industry they worked in, I think the world would be a lot happier place. <laughs> but everybody's scared to talk about who they are. And the reality is, I think some people aren't quite sure who they are. You know, we always go through ups and downs and and we don't know our own boundaries. And um, yeah, I don't know. I find life very fascinating. And I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I totally agree with what you're saying that, you know, people don't, don't know who they are or, you know, haven't accepted who they are. And I think a big part of that, especially in the society that we live in now with social media, is that everybody is so afraid to be judged. Everybody is trying to, you know, as I say, keep up with the Joneses. Everybody wants to, you know, they see people on Instagram or they see people on Twitter and Snapchat and people flexing and showing money and all this stuff and they're like i gotta be that i gotta be this and i can't i can't stress it enough to people and say you know what like the internet is fake <laughs> like it's like there's so like like 99.9999 forever a trillion is percent of these people are not who they really are online like and it goes back to what you're saying it's like people don't want to talk about themselves so thinking that and having that mentality, people don't want to talk about themselves. So why would they post something online that would make them look less of themselves or less of what society thinks they should be? You know, yeah. like, why would you post? You're not going to post a picture of you, like, struggling to make dinner, you know, or like, damn, I'm eating, you know, ramen noodles or something because I can't afford dinner. I mean, there are people that post that stuff and, you know, kudos <laughs> to them. <laughs> but that's why I think people post these pictures of all these expensive things because they want to give that impression that, you know, they're something that they're not because they don't feel comfortable being who they are. I, th I think on the other side of it, too, is that, yeah, like like you said, um, I think I think we internalize a lot. We always want to believe that we can have more and that there's more we're destined for more, you know? So we only post a certain kind of pictures. We only say certain words. We, we don't post our crappy meal that we've had because we don't want to give off this illusion that we're anything than less than the person we want to be or who we think we are, right? Everything's about, um, you know, especially this day and age, you can, you can customize your profile to be who you want to be. 
And we just hide behind that. We hide behind the screens and we hide behind the profile pictures and um, the descriptions. And I mean, I'm not perfect either. I, you know, I'm not saying I have everything figured out in life. You know, I, I was a dancer for a number of years and now I want to, you know, I'm still doing sex work, but I'm doing something that I never I thought I had boundaries too. Um, and I just keep pushing my limits, you know, but when I, when I think about who, again, going back to that girl I used to be and, and, you know, white picket fence and conforming to society, um, I was really stuck in that bubble. I think that some, a lot of people are still stuck in. I was really stuck in this idea, this idealism of what makes you perfect and everybody's perception of what perfection is, is different. And, uh, but we all try to mold ourselves to become this person. And I just want to continue following a, a life path where I'm just continuing pushing myself to see who I am. And the more I do that, the more I feel like I am who I'm supposed to be. Uh, so that's that's why I'm here. But um, I just want to keep spreading the message that it's just important to share who you are, good and the bad. Now, clearly, you're very open and secure with your sexuality and who you are. And having been a dancer and, you know, feeling comfortable on stage doing that, did you have any nervousness or fears when you did actually get in front of the camera? Was it any <laughs> different or does it, was it just kind of like the same as getting on stage and dancing? Ooh, I had the same rush getting in front of the camera that I did stepping on stage for the first time. Um, I was scared. I was nervous, but it wasn't fear. I, it was that rush of wanting to be perfect, um, knowing it's going to be a journey and, uh, knowing it eventually will get better <laughs> and enjoying the butterflies, you know, um, I was very nervous for the first time. I think just because all of it, uh, is so different. Um, being in front of a camera is a lot different than being in front of real people because you don't have the interaction of the audience. Um, it's, yeah, but I did do theater for a number of years before I became a sex worker, before I started stripping. And, uh, I think the combination of both theater as well as stripping has kind of combined the two to allow me to feel uh probably a lot more I feel I can't speak on behalf of other performers who are doing it for the first time but for myself I felt like it was a good blend and I think I had um some a little bit more experience than the first time porn star uh coming into the industry so I was I was comfortable speaking in front of a camera I was comfortable acting um and obviously comfortable with my sexuality but it is different it's a lot more technical having a script uh to remember um you know my first scene was uh virtual reality so uh vr is a bit different than just doing 2d scenes um it's not just point and shoot you know there's you have to inter actually interact with the camera so yeah i was nervous for all of that and of course it being my first time, you always want your first time to be perfect, <laughs> you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, of course, I was nervous, but I, I wasn't fearful. I knew I could do it, but I was very blessed to have uh, the crew that I worked with, and my partner was amazing for the my scene, and the script was something that I could relate to, Um and the scene wasn't asking too much from me. Uh, so I think overall my first time was probably the best that it could have been, that I could have asked for. What was the one thing that you expected that didn't happen? Like as far as getting into it, like did you have a, a perspective of, you know, this is what it's going to be and then 
you know, something wasn't the way you thought it would be? Yeah. So I guess maybe because of my acting background, I thought, um, you know, the script that I was handed, uh, I was going to be expected to follow it to like a complete like word for word, do the actions, you know, um, and it's very different from acting in that way. Uh, you know, you're not just handed a script and expected to do, um, everything line for line. Actually, porn is, is improvised a lot of the time. Um, and so when I finally, like, understood that and wrapped my head around it, I realized that I can bring my authenticity to the screen. You know, like, improvising, when you improvise, you have to rely on your own experiences. Um, or at least that's what I believe. You have to rely on, uh, what you've been through and what you've encountered and what you felt. Um, because you can't just improvise about nothing you don't know anything about. You know, like if you if you don't know. What am I trying to say here? If you no, I get have- I get what, I get what you're saying is that, you know, if, if like it's hard to at least this is what I'm thinking today. It's hard <laughs> to, you know, give that authentic feel to something if it's not something that you've experienced or something that you're you're used to doing. And, you know, if I give the script to you and I give it to somebody else. And you have, you know, so much more experience in the theater world and dancing as opposed to somebody who's just like their experience might be that they've watched a lot of Pornhub. Um, the two different performances in a way it's delivered are going to be totally different. Right. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. But also like I- improvising, you know, when you're trying to think of stuff off the top of your head, you don't talk about stuff that you don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I was handed a script um, and I thought that I had to remember it word for word, action for action. Oh, now I got to do this. Now I got to do that. Um, I was scared that if I wasn't following. But that's a perfectionist in me. Right. I was scared that if I wasn't following it to a T, that I'd be letting down my crew, that I wouldn't be what they wanted me to be. And then realizing that porn is a lot of improvising. Your your the script is just a it's a formality. You follow the um you follow the scene, you you keep the idea going, you know, like this the places where you're doing the scenes doesn't change, the positions don't change. But where what you're saying in between, the improvisation, as long as you're not going too far off script. You can create, like, bring your own words to the script is what I'm trying to say, right? Like, I'm not going to say it in such a way as the writer might have put it down on the script. Um, I'm going to bring how I would say it in real life because that sounds familiar and that sounds uh, more like me. It's not foreign. It's not foreign coming out of my lips, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what amazed me was that, um, and that's what really surprised me is I, I came on set thinking I had to have everything memorized and then realized it's all improvisation. As long as you keep in character, um, you keep with the storyline and the guidelines and, uh, you can, it's not, you don't have to remember everything. You don't have to remember the, the lines and the technicalities and the positions and how you look and your facial expressions. Like it wasn't as overwhelming. I expected it to be a lot more overwhelming. <laughs> But that's also just how my brain is. I tend to work myself up more than I probably should. <laughs> well, I always say if guys are watching it or even women are watching it, if you're critiquing it that much that you're worried <laughs> about, you know, missing lines and, you know, angles. And it's just like maybe it's time for intervention at that point because um, maybe you're watching way too much of it. If You know, um, I, I can't remember the TV show. I seen a TV show and I don't know if it's a TV show or is a movie. And a guy was saying about. Um, I, I think it might be like the 40 year old virgin. I could be wrong, but where the guy's like, he has to hear the sound on videos and scenes that he watches because he can't get off unless he hears sounds. And, uh, <laughs> I always just thought that was funny. And I'm like, wow, like, like how much of it do you watch that if you watched it on mute, it does nothing for you that you need to hear the sounds? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think it's spot on when you say that is, you know, being able to, 
kind of add your own flavor to it. And then it just makes it a better scene because this way you're actually seeing you as yeah. opposed to somebody that is not you, you know? And I guess the right, the, the, the casual fan probably doesn't know you personally, so they don't know what is, but you can tell, you can tell the, the people that are really like, you know, enjoying it and people that, you know, are, are authentic and then people that are just kind of like, you know, pretending, you know, to enjoy it. Not that they're not enjoying it, but just like that extra, like they're acting, like overacting. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing, though. Like I've, I've learned. No, I mean, there's different. There's an audience for everything, and I'm sure there's people exactly. out there that like that. Like, I'm speaking for myself. You know, right. I like to see where it's like, you know, two people are doing a scene, and they're really kind of. You can see that there's a like a genuine connection there. You know, not right. a connection as far as like, okay, these two people are going to, you know, elope and, you know, and be together forever and have that white picket fence that you mentioned. But I mean, at least there, there, you know, you feel a connection there as opposed to, you know, that kind of like camp, calm, yeah. you know, kind of style. I mean, there's a flavor for everything. I mean, some people want the over dramatic fantasy, right? They want the 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 fantasy that they can't have the girl that's over over working the camera playing it you know they want that um uh, what am I trying to say like that quote fakeness almost like that unrealism um and then there's others that want the authenticity they want to feel like they can reach into the camera and know that person and that's why virtual reality is really really good um if you want that kind of experience. But I mean, just like everything in life, there's, there's different fl- flavors for everything. And, and there are people who are willing to give it. Um, personally for me, I like to be authentic. I, uh, I, I want to give you that real experience. Um, so, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with either styles. Uh, you know, and I don't think just, so either. You know, so yeah. anybody that's listening, I don't want you to misconstrue what I was saying. You know, it's just, you know, I'm speaking on my opinion of it. You know, was, <laughs> I, I like that realness, but I get it. Sometimes you want to switch it up, you know. Sometimes you like chocolate ice cream. Sometimes you want vanilla ice cream. I get it. You know what I mean? It's why Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors. <laughs> you know, um, there's different flavor for everybody. And it's, and it's funny because like I've attended conventions like Exotica and you see the different, um, genres of, you know, entertainers and, you know, styles of, uh, porn. And mm-hmm. I've, I've heard people say like, Oh my God, like, why would anybody want to, you know, do the, the BBW or do the, you know, dominatrix and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, but what do you like? All right. So you like the big boobs and the blonde hair, you know, <laughs> but then, so the people that like the BBW want to know, why do you like, you know, the quote unquote fake Barbie look, you know? So, I mean, that's the great thing about it is that there's, there's something for everybody out there and you can kind of just mix it all together and kind of just make your own fantasy world, you know, but it's like we said, you got to be able to open up to that idea first because I think everybody deep down inside knows it and then they just don't want the world to know it. You know, I've seen people, I've, I've had friends who have attended conventions that are like, don't take no pictures. Like, don't let this get out. And I'm like, why are you here then? Like, if you can't be free and be yourself at a convention, then I don't know. To me, I think that's stressful. You know, yeah. <laughs> porn shouldn't be that stressful. <laughs> but talk to those guys in like 10 years and see how far they've come, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I love even about, uh, that's why I encourage people to try things out for the first time, even if they're uncomfortable, just, if you have the power in yourself to be like, no, I'm going to go, even though I'm like uncomfortable, go, go and expand your mind and learn something new and learn to be comfortable. Cause that's what that's going to happen. Right? Like I, I love going to conventions and uh, I just love talking to people who are f- figuring them themselves out. And you know, they, they just want to talk to you about your life and how you got here. And, you know, they're excited, but they're also nervous. They're nervous about being seen because of, you know, the society. Um, and they haven't like they're, they're they haven't caught up to this idea that it's OK. It's OK to be comfortable in your own skin and it's OK to like these things no matter how uh, 
messed up they might seem to you <laughs> at first. You know, like I I love seeing people grow and learning that about themselves and just being like, wow, this is just so empowering. And then you talk to them a year later and you're like, whoa, like you just I love seeing the transformation. And that's what I love most about my job, especially as a sex worker, is I get to see that all the time. I get to not only educate people, but I also get to see them transform into their sexier versions of themselves, the versions that are comfortable and are more outspoken and who can just be like, hey, this is me and it's okay. But uh, we all got to start from somewhere, right? We all start from ground zero. Some people learn a lot faster than others and some people slowly. Or slow. Very true. And that's Very okay. true. <laughs> now, what is like? What is your the personal life like? I mean, a lot of people that I've spoken to, you know, they say that you know it's so difficult to have a social life, or that they work so much that you know social life is just it's like a buzzkill and it's a turn off to them. Um, how do you balance work life and personal life to where you feel satisfied with both of them? Truthfully. I have never been able to balance. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, some people get burned out from doing, you know, the porn that when they come home, their significant other, whoever they're with, they're just like, I'm not in the mood for it. I just don't want to do it. Or the opposite, you know, where, you know, they try to stay this committed to, you know, one person. And then when they get on set, they're just kind of like, you know, kind of going through the motions. And then it shows in their performance. Okay. Um, the best answer I can give for this question is understanding boundaries, understanding your own boundaries and understanding others' boundaries, whether that's in your personal life or your work life. So there's two, I think there's two questions I hear in this. One is asking how I do it. And then, um, you know, in comparison to others, uh, does do they blend or can you keep them separate is that what you're asking yeah that's like how do you how do you separate them because i find people like they're either you know they're like one extreme or the other they're like they're either able to you know blend it together and live in a kumbaya you know wholesome you know loving world and then Mm -hmm. other people like they just they feel like they struggle with that and that struggle just means they just turn one side of the other off like they either you know don't have a social life don't want to talk about it don't want to be a part of it or they you know show a lack of you know their performance wise when they do videos this is a very loaded question i'm just trying to think (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think of how to answer this um well, like I said, use your own personal experience. Like, of course, authenticity, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, I've only been doing porn for a short amount of time, and uh, I've been very blessed with the partner that I've been working with. Um, so I haven't had a lot of experience with, you know, my work life being all these different partners and taking up all my energy in that way. Um, so. I don't, in that sense, it's very easy to manage. Uh, my work life is blooming. It's successful. It's very well balanced, um, very well <laughs> taken care of. Um, but then I do have, uh, I do have a lot of friends that are not in the industry. Um, and I actually do have a lot, like, I know, in my previous career, uh, a lot of dancers, you know, they, their friends were also dancers, but I had a lot of friends that were not, I have a lot of friends that are not sex workers, like at all. I have a lot of, uh, quote, normal friends, <laughs> civilian friends, as we call it sometimes. <laughs> but, um, you know, and a lot of them are really curious, especially with me getting into the, uh, porn industry and they have lots of questions and there's one friend in mind that kind of uh, stands out in comparison. Um, he's one of my best friends. So he's so curious about everything. And sometimes it could be a little draining, but th- that's what I talk about 
boundaries are super important, not just with yourself, but with the people that you're interacting with. Right. And your boundaries are not going to be the same across the board. I just know that the questions are going to be very endless <laughs> if I open that door with him. So when it comes to balancing between the two, um, you know, I've had to say, hey, I would love to spend some time with you, but can we just not talk about work? This has been on my mind. Like all I've been thinking about is work and marketing and and everything else that goes with that. I explain a little bit. Um, but then I'm like, I would rather just focus on our, our personal relationship um, because I can't give you the time right now. I've been spending X amount of time thinking about work or doing work or spending time with partners and work that you as a partner or you as my friend. Can we can we just do that for now? I promise there'll be a time where I can do that right now. I just can't. So it's just about, again, vocalizing what your needs and what your boundaries are in all areas of life. But it, it takes understanding what it is that you need, both in your personal life and in your work life. So um, balancing has been uh, it's it's a tango for sure. <laughs> well, at least I could, I could say there's pros and cons to it. at least the pros are is that, you know, the friend or partner wants to know, you know, and is asking questions as opposed to the cons where the one that wants to know things but doesn't ask. And when you don't ask, you just assume, you know, what happens when you assume things. So at least the good thing is that, you know, is, although you may not be in the mood to want to explain every little detail, because like you said, it could just open Pandora's box to just sit there and have questions after questions after questions. It's like, it reminds me of like speaking to a child and the question is always why. <laughs> it's not even that. It's more for me. I know how I am. If you yeah. haven't realized already, I like to talk. I like to explain myself in great detail. Uh, so you ask me one question and I'll say, and oh, I'll keep it 30 minutes later. <laughs> exactly. So it's nothing so, to do with my partner. It's myself. I, I can't hold myself back. You asked me one question. He may have in his mind had 10 questions. And for the normal person, those 10 questions may have taken, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> but with you, it could be like a five-hour marathon is what you're saying. Yes, I go into tangents. <laughs> Understandable. But, it's it, but hey, you know what the good thing is, is that at least you're thorough with it in your explanation, you know, so that you make sure that everybody understands and, you know, we're all on the same page here. As opposed yeah. to short answers, and then the short answers just, you know, I could totally relate. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I can get on a long tangent about, you know, something, and people are like, okay, what was the original question again? You know, so I totally right. understand that. Um, and um, what, I mean, you're still, still new to this, but what, what do you enjoy? Like, what gets Isabel off? Like, what... Like, obviously, you want to put the great performance out there, but, like, what really gets you in the mood? For performing. Yeah. Or real life, you know, like, whatever, you know. What 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 does the guy have to do or your partner have to do in a scene or in real life to, you know, really make that moment magical? <laughs> For, like, a Hallmark card here, you know, like... <laughs> Oh, you want to know all my secrets. I see how it is. <laughs> um, connection. Connection is a huge thing for me, both on camera and off camera. Um, I need to feel like I, I know you. Even if I don't, I need to play into your fantasy. Um, I, I want to feel like I've just opened up your chest and I've pulled out your heart and I know all your deepest secrets. Um, that's what gets me, you know, is, is if you can make me feel connected to you, even if you don't even say a word, undress me with your eyes, uh, give me a compliment, something that's like an intimate compliment, you know, not just like, oh, you're beautiful, but something that says that you have paid attention to me. That I think is what gets me. That's what makes me feel connected to you. Like where we have this dirty secret that nobody else knows. And then that's what allows me to to bring me. It, it, it brings me out. Um, so for me, it's all about connection. It's all about, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, again, another tango, you know, 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing this dance and I'm trying to make the audience believe in, uh, in, in this, in this Isabel, you know, like this is Isabel that I, I am today and I want you to believe in that. But, uh, for, for me to get there, I also need to believe in something. Um, so it helps a lot when my partners are able to meet me, um, halfway. <laughs> Now, tell me a little bit about the new scene that you have come out. You say it's your first boy-girl scene. It's coming out what, later next week. And, you know, the lovers, uh, looking at a tweet here, you know, in the first episode of The Lovers. So The Lovers Dessert for Dinner, is this like a, a series of things or is this one scene that we're going to be seeing? Is it a continuation? Yeah, so... um the 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 VR scene that I did for the very first time uh, back in October that was a boy girl scene, um, but this is the first scene that's going to be uh, that is uh, produced, created, edited all by myself and and my partner in the scene, um, and we've created it for Mac models. Uh, uh, so Samantha Mac has. Uh, that company and I'm one of her models. So we've made it for Mac models, Mac movies. Um, so shreds is uh, my counter partner. Um, and we decided to do something a little bit different. You know, we, we decided to bring the chemistry that we have onto screen. Um, we both believe in connection and, uh, we decided to make a series out of it. Uh, so we're super pumped and super excited. I, I believe it drops. Oh my God, it's this week already. <laughs> I believe it, it drops this Friday. Um, but that is, this project has been, it's been a whirlwind and I'm kind of scared. I might have, uh, bit off more than I can chew, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot of work. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's an amazing experience to create it and then perform it. And we don't have a crew. It's just, you know, it's just the two of us. Uh, for these movies um and you know we're having to go back and forth and see does that look right okay it doesn't look right okay we got to do this again oh the lighting isn't great okay we got to fix that so i mean it's a two-person job (laughs) and um but it's teaching me a lot it's not only teaching me um behind the camera uh in front of the camera uh time management uh creativity uh, we get a, we're actually doing the whole writing a script and, uh, filming it. Uh, Shreds has been doing the editing. I've been focusing a lot on marketing and promoting, which is again, like I, up until now, I've been pretty non-existent online. Uh, I believe connections are to be real. Um, especially being a dancer, I've always concentrated on having personal connections. Um, uh, not really maintaining uh my relationships like not in person so this has been a new experience for me I think for me that's been the biggest challenge is promoting it and marketing it and uh getting my name out there and keeping fans interested um so yeah there's a lot that's gone into it um but we're hoping to make it uh once every couple months kind of thing and the whole idea with uh the lovers is that they're two lovers and they're so into each other in however whatever scenario it is um that we have for that scene and that we can't we can't get anything done you know we can't get anywhere we're just so wrapped up in each other um and every every time we'll showcase you know, new positions, a new kind of concept, a new idea. But the, the overall theme is just two lovers who just can't get enough of each other. Awesome. And, uh, you know, people can go ahead and they can see that at where? MacModels.com or where can people? Yeah, I believe it will be available on MacMovies.ca or okay. um, it will be available on my OnlyFans. Uh, so that's like the OnlyFans.com um, at Isabel Reese. And it will also be available on, on the real shreds. So, so. And one, yeah. one of the things I heard you mention in that though is that when going through the whole process of it, you're like getting to do things like the behind the scenes, time management. What are some of the goals you want to do long term? I mean, you're clearly, you know, experienced in the sex work, but very new to the adult film industry. 
like what is what is your goals? What are your plans long term? How long do you expect to be doing this? I kind of get a feeling like you might want to dab into the behind the scenes stuff. You know, am I right with my intuition here or? <laughs> your spidey senses might be going off a little bit. Yes, I think so. Um, yeah, that's actually, I think, uh, you know, creating the first episode for The Lovers has really taught me that, you know, it kind of took me back into my theater days where we made our scripts and I was always like the the manager of the performance that we created or, uh, you know, I forgot I missed that part of creating something like not just being in front of the camera uh, or being like the talent. Um, but I forgot how much I, I missed creating something and being a part of what goes on behind the scenes. So, I mean, if that opportunity comes down the road, I would love to pursue it and, um, you know, get my hands dirty a little bit, so to speak. But right now I'm just focusing on being in front of the camera. Um, and I guess my goals when it comes to, uh, the porn industry is, you know, especially with when I, especially with the pandemic happening and a lot of females have turned to, uh, the internet, I find to promote themselves and turn a little bit of extra money. And there's a lot of, uh, self-proclaimed actresses and stuff. Um, my goal is to go pro. I don't, I believe in, uh, quality, right? Um, I believe in quality over quantity. I, the stuff that I do, uh, produce, whether it's, uh, self, uh, like I put onto my OnlyFans, uh, I want it to be good stuff. I don't want it just to be, you know, here's a, here's a picture of my gigantic boobs and this is what I did. Like I want the lighting to look good. I, Again, a perfectionist at heart. It's, it's draining, but it's teaching me so much and it's just going to get a lot easier. So, um, yeah, I guess to answer your question is right now my focus is just on quality, um, over quantity and to focus more on, uh, you know, making it pro. Uh, that would be a dream of mine. I look up very closely to my mentor, Samantha Mack, and I see all that she's accomplished, not only on screen, but in her personal life and how she how she's blossomed into the woman that she is today. And I don't even know the half of it, but I look at who she is today and I all I can say is just one day I hope to be her. So. Well said. Well said. Well, let everybody know once again where they can find you at online because I want to make sure everybody is following the right accounts because uh now with COVID, you need to have more of an online presence. So, you know, I know you love doing the one-on-one interaction in person, and I totally am there with you. I think it's more genuine when you're actually able to see people, you know, and kind of promote things. But we're in a different time, so let everybody know the right places to find you. Right. Well, you can see me at, uh, well, you can find me on Twitter. My account is, uh, Isabel Reese underscore. Um, and that's just a lot of like updates. It's kind of like how I call it. It's my, it's my Facebook. It's my Facebook page. <laughs> Everything you want to see. If you want to know who Isabel is, you can go there. But if you want to see the stuff that I'm creating, um, see a little bit more of the explicit content, um, then you can subscribe to my OnlyFans and that's just at Isabel Reese. Um, uh, it's funny that you actually mentioned, uh, interacting one-on-one. My goal when it comes to, uh, being online, um, aside from, you know, doing the gigs and working with the companies as, um, adult entertainer, uh, the personal stuff that I'm doing, the stuff for myself and the content that I'm creating is my, my goal is to make it more very interactive with my fans, you know, so, I don't want fans to just be like, oh, I can order things and then that's it. Of course, I'm going to, you know, make them. And I, I have my own projects like the lovers that are coming out that you can uh, purchase and and see. But I want it to be a very interactive uh, experience. And, you know, I, I want to get to know my fans. I don't want, I just, you know, like you're not just a wallet to me. <laughs> I want to get to know who you are. And especially with the pandemic that's happening 
um, I think it's so important to maintain those relationships with people, even if it's just behind a screen. Well, that's the great thing about OnlyFans is that, you know, you do have options there to have those one-on-one interactions, even if it's, you know, doing a custom or even doing a one-on-one, you know, webcam chat. You know, there's so many different things, ways that you can still kind of do it, but not do it. So um, sky's the limit, and we wish you much success, and make sure you go ahead and check her out online. And next week, or you said Friday, it's going to be dropping that new scene. So, yeah. you know, lovers, dessert for dinner. Um, <laughs> I love dessert for dinner. You know, sometimes I have cereal for dinner. It might Ooh. be considered, yeah, sometimes it's considered dessert to some people, you know, that's, you know, but hey, and you know what I'll do? I'll even take a picture and post it on Instagram that I had cereal for dinner just to show oh. that I'm authentic. You know, I didn't have a big porterhouse steak, you know, I had cinnamon, <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch, uh, <laughs> but it's been really awesome talking to you. Is there anything else you want the fans to know before we get out of here? Uh, not that I can think of. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. It's been such a treat. Um, you've made this rainy day a lot more brighter. So thank you so much for having me. And, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's, you know, that was my goal this morning. I was like, you know, how can I, how can I turn this miserable day into something, you know, worthwhile? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, the sunflowers are out for sure. Um, yeah, no, I would just say uh, to all my fans out there, thank you for listening. Uh, I look forward to being on this journey with, with all of you. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to be where I am today without you. So uh, send lots of love. I, I send love back. Very awesome. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And uh, we want to see and hear and visualize all the great things that is Isabel Reese coming up <laughs> in the future. This is Isabel Reese, and you are listening to Mixmaster B on MMB Radio.